And welcome to a brand new edition of the Goshen News Sports Podcast. Goshen News Sports Editor Austin Huff joining you and joining me is Tony Miller. He's been out a couple times. We gave him a two-week break, let him rest his vocal cords, although I don't know if you stopped talking in that two weeks. You are I never very talkative. talking. Right, you're a very talkative person. Um, you get paid to talk sometimes. 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 So... Tony is in. We had a very busy week. A lot of teams near and dear to Tony Miller's heart played well over the weekend. So figured this was a good time to bring him back and talk about those teams. Yeah, we, we won't be talking about the Pacers, but we had several other teams that are near and dear to my heart. Yeah, that, I mean, look, look, you know, the the Bulls, I guess they beat the Spurs. Yeah. Everybody Ooh. beats the Spurs. Right, right. Like, I'm just trying to say my teams aren't like, you know, my pro teams aren't in doing well. And then we've got the Blackhawks, who, well, hey, they make the Pacers look good. They haven't lost in 10 days, the Blackhawks. How many of those days have they played on, Austin? We don't need to talk about that. Zero. Okay. Um, huge weekend. Huge, huge weekend. If you saw the Goshen News Monday newspaper, or if you followed us on Twitter all day Saturday, Sunday as well, big weekend of local high school sports. Let's start with girls basketball. We crowned three sectional champions in teams of Northridge, Fairfield, Bethany Christian, 4A, 3A, 1A, respectively. We'll go biggest to smallest. Northridge um, won the sectional four tournament over at Concord High School. They beat Penn to start. Uh, on Tuesday night, avenged a last two of their last three seasons have ended with Penn beating them um, in the sectional. They then withstood a pesky Goshen team to get to the final, and then they played an absolutely awesome game against Elkhart for the championship Saturday night. They won 56-53. Game had nine uh, nine ties, 15 lead changes. Seven lead changes in the final five minutes of the game. The largest lead for either team was six. Uh, it was just a perfectly competitive, awesome, back-and-forth sectional championship game that you want. And Northridge gets to win first sectional championship since 2017. Just an awesome game, awesome week for the Raiders. And they finally break through. Yeah, that's... That is, I mean, you, you got your you got your money's worth. Not that you paid to get in. You were a member of the press. But mm-hmm. the people that did pay to get in got their money's worth um, in that game. And, and just a, a really solid week, I thought, from Northridge across the board. We talked about the last time I was here that that is a sectional that it is a meat grinder. You've got yeah. three or four teams that are pretty good. Goshen, I like your description of pesky there. They're good enough that they're not going to go away, even if they're maybe not on a Penn and Northridge kind of level. And that was, I mean... Get within 12 points of a team like Northridge, that's a pretty good showing from the Red Hawks. That game was tied at 36 with a minute left in the third quarter, or two minutes left in the third quarter. It was back and forth the entire way until Northridge kind of pulled away a little bit late. Yeah. Uh, and how about how about hitting a scoring milestone in the sectional final? Hard to be well, you're gonna get a bigger stage than that when you go to regionals. But yeah. Well, Eva, she got to one thousand against Penn. Okay. But then she, she only had three points against Goshen. She had eight against Penn, but she comes back 17 points. Eva Fisher, I don't think I said her last name. Eva Fisher, she now has 1,024 career points. 
um, after scoring 17 in the sectional final, makes the final four points of the game all on free throws to give her team the lead and then ice the game away. Um, yeah, she kind of had struggled those first two games, and then she came back and had a big performance on Saturday night. So, Athlete of the Week nominee because of that. Yeah, the great thing about particularly the sectional in Indiana is, you know, you get drawn into that first-round game, um, which Northridge-Penn in the first round, not really how you would have seeded that tournament, but, right. hey, it was convenient. Uh, you, the reality is that you, when you're playing three games in five days like that, you've got your your sectional championship favors the consistent and the teams that can bounce back. If you're the sort of team that gets hot and it's kind of streaky, it's hard to do that three times in the same week. Right, right. So, Northridge, 22-5. and five. They're sectional champions. They will go to LaPorte High School to play Lake Central in a one-game regional. We are finally at the point where this new tournament format takes place, takes shape. Um, one-game regional, 5 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Central on Saturday, February 11th. That's this Saturday. Um, a little by the numbers for you. Uh, Lake Central, 21-5. and five. So they're just as good record-wise as Northridge. Technically a half game behind, but whatever. Um, Eva Fisher, she, she leads Northridge 14.3 points a game. Um, Morgan Cross at 10.1 points. And they both average basically the same rebounds, assists, steals. So about four and a half rebounds, three steals, two – or three assists, two steals each. Um, Lake Central has no seniors. That's interesting. Their entire team will come back next year. Um, so in a sense, they're overachieving. But, you know, they're still a good team, of course. Um they really have a lot of balance, too. Like, no one really stands out when you look at the stat sheet. And Anaya Bishop Jr., she's the leader, 10.6 rebounds a game, which isn't anything, like, crazy spectacular, but they just have a lot of balance, a lot of good players. Um, Lake Central also had to beat three teams in their sectional, East Chicago Central, Munster, and then Hammond Central. Uh, Munster was the only other team above 500, I think, that they played in that run. So a little bit of an easier path than Northridge, who had to play three teams with the winning records. Um, so, but again, but Lake Central also won those games by 35, 16, and then 37 in the sectional championship game. So they're like doing something right there. Um, yeah, they gave up only 35 points a game, which is 30th best in the state. Northridge scores 58.7 a game, which is 29th best in the state. So, great offense versus really good defense. Yep. Something's got to give, obviously, there. This is about as even as it can get for a sectional. Uh, John Harrell's projection is Northridge 48, Lake Central 47. Okay, I was going to say that I think that Lake Central's uh, balance can be a good thing, but sometimes at this level you need somebody with that killer instinct that can kind of step in and take right. over. We'll, we'll certainly talk about a couple of those uh, later on in the program. Yeah. But... Uh, and I'm not sure that Lake Central's got that. Yeah. Now, the good thing about that is, I mean, the converse of that is if you're a one- or two-person show and that one or two people get shut down, well, then you're up a creek without a paddle, and Lake Central's not going to be in that situation. Right. But, I mean, this is it's a Northridge team that has been playing at this caliber before. They haven't been at the regional level the last few years because there was this whole immovable object called Penn in their sectional. Yeah. Um, but 
they have played tough basketball games, and I think that's one thing that's going to tip the, the ball in their court, as it were. Um, they they won sectional games by seven and three and twelve, and Lake Central hasn't had to do that right recently. Right, and I guess if you're like looking for a positive for Lake Central when they're still good, but they also played South Bend Washington, one of the closest teams in the state of Indiana, to play them this year. Mm-hmm. Um, way back in September, like first week of the season, they only lost by 16. Which, that's that's a win. I mean, it's a loss, but it's a win. Right, spiritually a win. Way right. back on November 5th or whatever, but still, still right. played them within 20. Now so. remind me, well, because we have to touch on this at some point. So there are two games at Laporte on Saturday. Yes. Um, is it Washington and Valpo? That's the other game. Yes. And then once we get to Sunday, they will take the four regional winners and redraw the North semi-state. Yes. So there's another blind draw on Sunday for the semi-state pairings. Okay. So it's so it's not like you know oh the South Bend Washington Valpo winner will play Northridge Lake Central winner like right. they're gonna take the four. From those, you know, those pairings. So the other two, I'm pulling up the other, uh, the full bracket. One second. There's a dramatic pause. So if if the internet wants to work in here, that'd be great. Okay. So the other games are at Marion. The Marion regional games are Homestead versus Fishers, and then Fort Wayne Snyder versus Lafayette, West Lafayette, Harrison. So those four winners will get into a blind draw and redrawn, not seeded, redrawn, and then they will determine what location they play it at, too. If I were, and there's four different semi-state locations. It's Laporte, Huntington North, Logansport, and Frankfurt. If I were a betting man, I'm going to guess the 4A goes to Logansport. Because if, if, Fishers, if Fishers wins... yes. Logansport is the biggest gym that can host the other three, I think. Like, in theory, South Bend Washington's going to win. In theory, right? yes. You're going to get either Lake Central or Northridge. So that's a northern slash region ish team. Lafayette, Harrison, and what's the other? Lafayette, Harrison, and Snyder. Like, that can pull to. Like, Lafayette, Harrison will go to. Would go to Logansport. It would. If they win, like. Yeah, it feels like it's going to be Huntington North or Logansport to host 4A, just based on those matchups. They're not going, to, especially if it's Fishers. You rarely see an Indianapolis team go all the way to like Laporte, right? So, right. Um, but where I was going with that is also used to be back in the day of the 14 regional, all the way back to last year. All the um, way back. You, we talk about this Northridge Lake Central game, and then, okay, whoever wins that runs into the buzzsaw that is South Bend, Washington, albeit South Bend, Washington, now without their leading scorer uh, in a regional final. But now it's just win one game and hoist another trophy. Right. And, in theory, if you get the draw right, you can avoid them again till the semi-state championship game, and maybe they're worn down a little bit. You know, they... They're not the most deep team in the world, South Bend, Washington. They're very talented, but they only go seven or eight deep, and one of those girls is out for the season. So, um, yeah, so we'll see. We'll see. Um, Again, Northridge, Lake Central, Laporte, 5 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Central, Saturday. Um, Also playing Saturday, Fairfield. They cruised through sectional, did 
you know, made it look pretty easy. 55 to 6 over West Noble. Anytime you give up six points in a game, you're doing something right. Uh, I really feel bad for West Noble, by the way. Had to play them three times in four weeks. Like, And Fairfield did what you would expect them to do to West Noble each three time. times in four no, weeks. There, yeah. was, there was no drama in any of the games, which is crazy. And then Fairfield beat Lakeland after Lakeland had, had rallied late to beat Northwood Friday night in the semifinal. Fairfield wins 64-40 over Lakeland. Um, three sectional titles in a row, two at the 2A level, one now at the 3A level for Fairfield. Um, they're 24-2 and two overall. They've won 13 games in a row. Their last, they haven't lost a game in the calendar year. Um, they're playing really well. Their defense yeah. is number one in the state. They only allow 27.7 points a game. Yeah, that's a team that's – they've got a – bright future in front of them to the extent that there are three weeks of future left in the season mm-hmm. um but i mean lakeland is not lakeland is not a pushover and they beat lakeland by 24 right um you gave up again you gave up six points in a regulation basketball game um and yeah that always at this level we've got the draw you talk about how the draw works out and we've got another level of fun withdraws in the uh coming up this weekend just in terms of we used to be able to say okay if they get through that highland game we know who they're playing and now we don't Mm -hmm. but i mean at this level everybody's good but at this level there aren't a whole lot of teams that only give up 27 points a game right so fairfield plays highland in the one game regional saturday 4 p.m at jimtown high school highland is one of the three teams to beat bethany christian who we'll talk about here in a minute um, Highland's having a nice year, 17-6. Obviously, sectional championship is a nice year. Um, they won a relatively easy sectional, so they're, they haven't been tested. And Fairfield's sectional wasn't that tough either for in, in Highland's defense, I guess. Um, on paper, Fairfield is the better team. They should win this game. Um, Highland has three scores at 10-plus points per game, um, but... Once you get past those three, it's like four points, three points. So if you could slow one or two of those two, three players down, you've got a really good chance to beat them. Fairfield, really good balance too. Bria Garber, Bailey Willard, Morgan Gothrop, um, Kaylee Dillon, Delaney Geiger. I mean, they got good players all across the board. Um, feels like a game where Fairfield should be able to take care of business. Crazier things have happened, of course, but of the three games, I think I feel the most confident in Fairfield of our teams winning. Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. Uh, and then what do they have? Who's left in 3A North? It's funny you ask. Because I, I figured that, that was the next thing coming up. Um, so the other game at Jimtown on Saturday is Mishawaka Marion versus Tippecanoe Valley. Two good teams there. Um, and then in the other teams of the North, you have Hamilton Heights versus Norwell, and then Twin Lakes and Garrett. Twin Lakes, 26-0. and 0. Um, Garrett, kind of a surprise sectional champion. They were 14-11. A uh, little, little, you know, it's a little bit of a surprise there. Um, so it should be Twin Lakes. Um, Hamilton Heights and Norwell are pretty even. Um, and Marion and Tippy Valley are, are pretty even, too. I think it's going to be a good game. Obviously, Nevaeh Foster for Marion is really good. Lethal score. She'll be an Indiana All Star this year. Um, but 
Uh, Tippy Valley, 21-3. Like, they're no pushover either, so. Yeah, I think I'd lean Marion coming out of the NIC with that record, but it's certainly, I mean, there's a reason we don't play these games on paper. Right. If you're going to go by the John Harrell predictions, it'll be Twin Lakes, Norwell, Fairfield, and Mishawaka Marion. Right. Also on the Fairfield front, uh, shout out to Elkhart Christian, who is hosting the Fairfield Boys on Saturday night. Yes. And they moved that game back an hour so that the Fairfield uh, the Fairfield fan buses, as they were, can get from Jimtown down to Elkhart Christian and go to both of those games. Right. So it'll be a 7 p.m. JV start at yeah. Elkhart Christian. It's going to be a late night. 8.30 p.m. varsity. I don't... I wonder when the last time we had a regularly scheduled, like, 8.30 p.m. start time. I mean, weirder things have happened. We've but... had 8 p.m. regional final. 8 p.m. Yeah. regional finals kind of normal thing yeah but at 8 30 we want to actually start this at 8 30 regular season not right oh we got delayed by a ice storm or whatever a four overtime jv game right right um, that kind of thing no i mean but it is totally the what would you want them to do if you were in their shoes absolutely move. okay uh, which quite frankly we need more of in all of life not just in high school sports yes and finally bethany christian 1A, sectional 51 champions. Um, they, <coughs> excuse me. We thought that they were their semifinal game against Blackhawk Christian was going to be the sectional championship, essentially, and it kind of played out like that. Um, and Zoe Willems pulling a rabbit out of her hat. Um, the modern-day David Blaine, I guess, in that regard. The magician taking the inbounds pass from Raya Stolzfus, making a layup. Final horn sound. She gets fouled, steps up to the free throw line, sinks the free throw. They win 33-32 over Blackhawk. Then she goes off 24 points over Lakewood Park, Christian in the final. None of them in the first quarter. Yeah, it's insane. And she didn't really play the final minute or two either because they were up by 20. So Blackhawk, or excuse me, Bethany Christian, 56-37 over LPC. They are the sectional 51 champs. First time since 2016. Um, feel really happy for Coach Kristen Parson and all of them. They've had some really tough postseason losses the last couple of years. Two years ago, notably when Willems and Stolzis were freshmen against Fremont, and they were really good. Um, this feels really good, and I'm happy for them. Right. That was, I mean, two years ago, you had a couple of hotshot freshmen who are now hotshot juniors. You had, uh, I thought that senior class was was particularly deep. You had basically three people that could play point guard, three people that were kids of college athletes, um, and and they got into Fremont, and Fremont put the clamps on and prevented them from going inside, and the outside shooting went cold, and yay for Fremont, they won. And then last year, Stolzfus gets hurt uh, beginning a soccer season, misses the first half, first two-thirds of basketball season, not that it was a bad showing when she came back, but, you know, you're not quite 100%, and it's tough to win these, especially when you go back-to-back days in a sectional semifinal and final, mm-hmm. uh, and you're not quite at 100%. And this year, yeah, things just clicked, and that team is, what are they, 21-3 and three now? 21-3. and three. Most wins in school history. Yeah. They're, they got their, like, five wins ago, which is kind of yeah. cool. They're, um, uh, they're two wins shy of tying and three wins shy of passing the Bethany record for most combined boys and girls wins in a season. That could happen this week if the boys knock off uh, Jimtown and Lakewood Park and then the girls win on Saturday. That would be 36. Two winnable games for the boys there. Um, Um, 
and just, I mean, it was the, the that was your whole, I was at Blackhawk on Saturday and goodness, US 33 needs a passing lane going down there because we got stuck behind a couple of those folks doing 45 and a 55 and uh, not not anybody's definition of fun. Talk to uh, your local congressman or whatever yes, about that. Um, is that a state level issue or a federal level issue? It's the U.S. It's, highway. I think it's. I don't know. They don't pay me enough to know that. To be honest, <laughs> accurate. Um, um, yeah. So Bethany Christian got a little luck, and they don't have to play Caston in the regional. It's at Caston, but the Comets will not be there. Um, that's because they were upset in their sectional by North My or North White, sorry, North White, um, and then Tri County beat North White, who was eight and seventeen. Caston was twenty and two in the regular season, and um, Tri County beats North White forty two thirty one in the championship game. Tri County fourteen and eleven on the season now. They won three sectional games this past week. Frontier and South Newton were their other two wins. Um, they come into this game, you know, kind of they're kind of playing with house money because they weren't supposed to win that sectional. They were supposed to be cast in sectional, and then they lost. So, you know, in a sense, they've got they have something to play for, obviously, but they kind of have nothing to play for. Like they're going to be loose. The pressure is on Bethany. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, Sarah Zars. I hope I said that right, is the leading scorer for Tri-County, who, by the way, uses the Minnesota Twins, Twin City TC sure. as their logo. Sure. Um, Zars, 11.1 points, 7.2 rebounds, 5 assists, 4 steals a game, which is very similar to the Zoe Willems stat line for Bethany Christian, although Zoe averages 6 more points, a whole rebound more, a couple less assists, but similar steals. Right. So, yeah, but but how many assists does Stolzfus have compared to you know? Stolzfus averages four point five assists a game. And how many so. of those are to Willems? They're probably a lot. A and lot right, of them on and, Saturday, and Willem, that's for sure. Willems to Stolzfus is probably similar, you know, exchange. Yeah. Um, so feels like Tri County has one really solid player at the top. That if you can try to somehow slow her down, yeah, you got a chance. But um, but Bethany's already seen that they've beaten Blackhawk twice in the last couple of months, and right. I don't think that. I don't think that Zars throws anything at them that Allie Boyer didn't already. Right. Um, also, Bethany's defense, one of the best in the state, giving up 32 points a game, 13th in the state. So, really good defense. Tri-County averages just a shade under 50 points a game. So, again, another kind of battle between a good good solid offense and a, and a good defense there. Yeah. Um, the other teams in the north, 1A, Washington Township, and Argus is the other game at Caston on Saturday. Uh, Bethany and Tri-County play at 1 p.m., and then Argus and Washington Township is the 4 p.m. game. And then at the West Dell regional site, Tri-Central plays Rossville, and Tri plays Southwood. So three of the eight in the north have Tri. Well, that's appropriate, given that Tri means three. Yes, T-R-I, not T-R-Y. Right. So... If we're going by the John Harrell projections, try, just try. 24 and 1. They're pretty good. They were ranked, I think, number two or three in the final 1A poll. So they're pretty good. Um, they're projected to beat Southwood. Tri Central is projected to beat Rossville. Washington Township over Argus. Um, and then Bethany is a four point 
favorite, I guess, over Tri-County. It, so. it should go without saying, of course, do not bet on high school sports. They're far too unpredictable. Right. Um, it's just kind of funny to see Tri-Central 11-13 and 13 as a projected favorite over Rossville at 15-10. and 10. So Yeah, but 1A gets into a whole lot of who did you beat to rack up those 15. Right, and your losses could be against really good teams. Yes. You're a 1A school or 2A school playing the big 3 or 4A schools. Right. Um, so that's the scene. That's the scene for Saturday, girls basketball. A lot going on. Busy. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll have a little more. Pretty much everything I said will be wrapped into a preview story on Thursday, breaking down each game a little bit. Does that include the part where US 33 needs a passing lane? Yes. Okay. Yes, that'll be the lead, actually. No, it won't. Yeah, it should. It should. It's, it's the lead of something, just not that story. You should write a column about it, Tony. We'll, we'll let you get some column space. Yeah. So... Okay, girls swimming. We had sectional girls swimming this past week as well. Um, no surprise, Concord won the team championship, 498 points scored. Um, Northridge was second, and then Wawasee third. They also all qualified the most for state automatically. They got others added. Um, so shout out Katie Brenneman from Concord. Broke a sectional record that had been held by Lindsey Banco. And if you know who Lindsay Banco is, that's a pretty big deal. And if you don't know who Lindsay Banco is, you should. She has a Wikipedia page, and she has these gold medal things next to her name. Yes. So. she uh, There was, I mean, there was, back in the day when, when newspapers had budgets and whatnot, there was another local publication that sent a reporter to Greece to chronicle her trip in the Olympics in 2004. It's pretty cool. I wish I would have gone. That'd be fun. Yeah, you were like 12. Was I 12? I was 10. No, you were 10. 10. Yeah. 10. Yeah. Not even. I was 9, technically. Okay. We're going to be technical about this. That was 9. Yes, we do. Um, we do like getting technical about things. Yeah. So, the state of Indiana put out the psych sheets, which is kind of like ranking everyone going to state based on their times in the events. And we have a couple notable, really notable uh, people that could be, you know, really in contention for some things. Um, all three of Northridge, Wallace, and Concord are in the top 10 of the 200 medley relay. It's pretty good. Uh, Brenneman, aforementioned, fifth in the 200 free. Um, Sydney Nethercutt from Northridge, she's 10th in the 200 free, and she's also 7th in the 500 free. Brenneman is 8th in the 500. So both of them have a chance to be on the podium in the 500 and the 200. Um, the two Mishler sisters from Wallace, once again, standouts, uh, Julie Mishler, the sophomore, second in the 100, third in the 50. Alexis, her older sister, third in the 100, fifth in the 50. So both of them have a really good chance to podium in those respective races. Um, I'm actually going to be going down and doing a story about them, those two sisters. Last weekend as high school teammates, they've totally revitalized Wallace Swimming. You know, they are... They are the record books right now for Wabasee girls swimming. So, um, so this is their last weekend together. So a little, little story on them. Um, but yeah, Ella Lance from Concord, seventh in the hundred backstroke. The two hundred free relay is third for Wabasee. The four hundred free relay is third for Concord. Um, this has a chance to be just as prolific of a weekend as we had last year when Concord got fourth as a team. Um, Wallace had their the Michelers go down and do well. Um, 
I didn't. That's not everyone. Obviously, swimming. We have others that'll be in part of my story. A list of everyone and where they're at and things like that. We also have the diving regionals to get through tonight, Tuesday night. Um, we have three girls from Concord. They went one, two, and three in the sectional. They are all hopefully going to be able to make it to state. Uh, Riley Robinson for sure is in the driver's seat. She won the sectional by almost 100 points. It's pretty good in diving. Um, so she has a good, she has a really good chance not just to go to state but do well at state. Um, should be a good weekend and week in general for our girls swimmers. Uh, prelims are Friday, 6 p.m. at the IU Natatorium. The diving prelims are Saturday at 9 a.m. Diving and swimming finals begin at 1 p.m. all at the IU Natatorium in Indianapolis. Also, can we talk about the uh, Spider-Man effort from the boys swimming? Yes, first? that was awesome. That was actually really cool. Every all the boys swimming teams got together and put on wore Spider-Man costumes to the meet. I think it was National Superhero Day on Saturday. They, that was a superhero effort, regardless of what the calendar I, there had says. to have been at least seventy Spider-Mans. That's at least right. I mean, you talked about part of the reason that conference championships and state tournament series events are fun at the swimming level is that you don't have both boys and girls swimming. You get one or the other, and right. the other gender gets to go sit in the stands, and sometimes they make fools of themselves. Sometimes they do cool stuff. This definitely in the latter category. Yeah, it's always entertaining, and also, if you get a chance, the state meet is, is an amazing experience. Um, obviously, Carmel is going to win, but, like, you know, it is still really cool to see. It would be amazing if one of the Michelers won the 53 you know, state title. That would be really cool. Weirder things have happened. We've had we've had individual state champion winners. Like that's not out of the realm of possibility. It's just the team title is already determined basically mm-hmm. by Carmel having the Greyhounds are running away with it. Right. They're on the they're on the bus. They're driving away with the team title. Yes. So um and obviously boy swimming, nothing this week. They're just chilling. They're getting ready for sectionals next week, so not really a boy swimming update and to really bring. Um, but this could be really good. I mean, once again, we, we've had really strong girls swimming, not just at one school, but two or three schools at a time that I've been here, um, which is fun to see. Like, you want, you want that. You want that balance, and you want to see multiple teams doing well at state. I mean, all three of them, Northridge, War- Concord, Wawasee, all have – chance this to go top 10. Concord and Wallacea have a chance to go top 5. I don't know the last time the NLC has had three teams in the top 10 at state. We got close last year. Concord was 4th, Northridge was 8th or ninth, and then Wallacea was like 13th. So, this could potentially, if Northridge had a diver, they would definitely be in contention to go top 10. But this, I mean, what makes that more impressive is we already talked about Con- or Carmel um, taking their place at the top of the podium that's sort of been predetermined. So there's really nine spots left for the rest of the state. Right. Yeah. Right. So um, that'll be really fun to follow and watch on Saturday afternoon. So yeah. um, wrestling, wrestling recap. Regionals um, happened this past Saturday at Goshen and Penn. We had 10 wrestlers from Wabasee move on to semi-state from the Penn Regional, including two regional champions, Caleb Salazar and Cameron Center, 106 and 113, respectively. 
Salazar is 33 and 4 on the season. Center is 29 and 8. Um, I believe, well, we talked about it last week, but Salazar, um, repeat regional champion, he feels like he has the best chance out of all of our wrestlers to punch his ticket to state. The issue is going to that East Chicago semi-state. You have to deal with the region teams like Crown Point, who's one of the best in the country, not just the state. Um, Penn, still. Mishawaka, still. So it's really hard to get out of that semi-state and go to state. But Salazar feels poised um, to do so. And that's another setup where you've got 16 qualifiers and four of them go to state? Yes. So you have to win two matches on Saturday to go to state. You have to win your first two matches. Right. So the pressure in that Elite Eight round um, is pretty pretty tense. So um, so they were the two regional champs from uh, Wawasee. We had plenty of other regional champions from our schools. Uh, I'll just try to read them off quickly so we don't have to bore anybody. You can see these all on Steve Craw's report from the Goshen Regional. Um, that's on our website, goshenews.com. Uh, Arvin Koltukian, 195 pounds, Concord, repeated as regional champ, um, made up, avenged, avenged is the word I'm looking for, his sectional loss to Nash Schubert from Elkhart, beat Nash in the regional final after Schubert had beat him in the sectional final the week prior. Um, Elkhart, two sectional, or two regional champs, Ethan Friedline, 170, Braden Jellison, 285. Um, Jimtown, four... Four wrestlers go to semi-state, three of them as regional champs. It's pretty good. Aiden Hartman at 106. He also has a good chance to go to state. Mikey Calamani at 132. Connor Watts at 160. Um, Travis Henke stays undefeated, 37-0 at Northridge at 220. Um, Caden Lone, repeated, or he repeated as a regional champ, avenged the sectional loss to Leishtetweiler from Goshen. At 182, so Lone and Detweiler both going again. Maybe see each other again at semi-state. Um, they just that's the fourth. They've wrestled each other four times this year. They're two and two against each other. It's the only two losses for Detweiler this entire season. Detweiler is 40 and two. Lone is 38 and four. So, pretty good stuff. And then, uh, yeah, that's it for the regional champs. So, uh, Wawasee again. They go to East Chicago Central for semi-state. Every other team. Goes to the Fort Wayne War Memorial Coliseum. Every other team in your coverage area, Every other not team the rest in the coverage of the state. Area, yes. Yeah. Okay. Wallace's wrestling themselves at East Chicago. Everyone else goes to Fort Wayne. Um, our coverage area teams. So Concord with two, Elkhart six, Fairfield two, Goshen six, Jimtown four, Northridge four, Northwood three, West Opal three. That's a pretty good crop of, I mean, semi-state qualifiers. Yes, and you know, good chance we're going to get. Half a dozen through to state. Yeah, I think, depending on how the you know the draws are, the brackets are already out. You can find those online. I think um, track wrestling maybe has them already in. Definitely Indiana Matt definitely uh, has them. I think the IHSA website probably has them updated there too. But I try um, not to spend time on the you, IHSAA website anymore. It's yeah, their new design is leaves a lot to be desired. Yes. So. Wrestling semi-state, we will have coverage from Fort Wayne. Steve Craw will be there Saturday all day. The man is uh, the is man, the myth, the legend. Uh, loves wrestling, um, so he will be there for us on Saturday afternoon. 
Okay, boys basketball. Let's quickly go through this. Um, slow week last week, just given that the girls' basketball tournament takes center stage. Um, Northwood won the NLC because they beat Concord, and then Mishawaka lost to Warsaw. So Northwood is 6-0. and Everyone else has at least two losses. One conference game left for everybody this Friday. Northwood goes to Mishawaka trying to go 7-0, second straight year in conference play. That's not going to be an easy one, though. No, it should be an interesting game. Mishawaka yes. has struggled, air quote, the last couple of weeks. Lost to Goshen, lost to Warsaw, when a game that they were up double digits in the third quarter. Um, Northwood is still the favorite to win, but it should be a competitive game. Um, West Noble won a share of the NECC by beating Westview and then having Prairie Heights lose to Central Noble. So everyone in the NECC still has either two or three games left, and West Oval is up two games. So um, the uh, Central Noble, Prairie Heights, and Westview all have two losses in conference. Right. So West Oval doesn't play a conference game for another week or so. They um, have two left, both on the road, um, at Garrett and at Fremont, I believe. So those um, aren't short road trips either. No, but they're very winnable games. Uh, yes. Very winnable games. So, barring something unforeseen or crazy, West Oval should be the outright NECC champs after they won the conference tournament um, earlier in the year. Mm-hmm. Just like how Fairfield girls were the outright conference champ. You you sometimes, I, I'd have to look back, but I don't know how many times you truly can get the outright Usually, someone wins the tournament, another team wins the regular season. I feel like maybe I'm just mm-hmm. misspeaking there, but you know, the tournament is so fluky and depends on the draw and you know who you play, who's hot on a given night. And yeah, yeah and if, if you have to play four games in five days, that affects a lot of things too. So, um, but so West Noble, number four in 3A, Northwood, number one in 3A, to take a word from you. Popcorn tonight, Tuesday night. They're facing each other in Ligonier. That ought to be fun. You gonna be there? Uh, yes, I think I'm contractually obligated to be there. It's the biggest game of the regular season that we will cover, probably in boys basketball. Yeah. Northwood is 15 and two. West Oval is 16 and one. Northwood's only losses are to the number one overall team, Ben Davis, and Beach Grove, who they played on like five hours of sleep. Because they were in, they played a home game Friday night. They drove to Brownsburg to play Beach Grove at Saturday at noon. So they they were, you know, sleep deprived. And then West Oval's only loss is to Fort Wayne Blackhawk Christian, who is one of the best teams in 2A. So on a neutral court by 12. So this is this is all the makings of be a great game. And obviously they can see each other again in the sectional in three weeks. So it should be fun. A uh, little teaser for what could be coming next month when the sectional is played in Napanee at Northwood. Tonight, though, in Ligonier, home of the Chargers, big game. Somebody with initials N and W is going to win. That is true. What order they will be written in, who knows, but NW will win. Yes. I'm excited. This is one of the best. This is the games that you, you, know, you do this job for, and it's really really fun so this is the proverbial circle this on your calendar game 
Yeah, it was when I put the schedule together, our whole team schedules back in November, I usually highlight in red like the games we're going to cover. You like obviously you don't make those decisions too far in advance cuz you just never know. But that was one in you November. You saw that one coming. In November I'm like, "Yep, red. Make sure I don't lose it. Make sure it doesn't blend in on the schedule when I'm looking at the Tuesday that day." Yeah. So, that'll be fun. Um, okay, let's throw it to the Maple Leaf Minute with Dante Stanton. Um, great weekend for Goshen College Athletics. Dante will tell you about that, and then I'm sure Tony and I will have some thoughts about it as well. So here's Dante. Hey, Michigan, it's Dante here reporting for 91.1 The Globe with your Maple Leaf Minute. The Goshen College baseball team began their season on Saturday in doubleheader fashion against the Union College. The Leafs fell first 9-4, then 14-1. They fared better on Sunday in another doubleheader loss, 6-0 and 7-5. Men's volleyball picked up their first home wins of the season, topping St. Mary of the Woods College 3-1 on Friday and 3-0 on Saturday. GC first-year Ishmael Bangura notched 42 kills through just seven sets for the Maple Leafs. Free play here for the Maple Leafs. On the track side, both men's and women's 4 by 800 meter relay teams hit the NAIAA standards, and the men set a new school record in the process this past weekend. And finally, Goshen College men's and women's basketball were on the road at Mount Vernon Nazarene. The women picked up a crucial conference win over the Cougars, 75-69. Zion Neat led the way for the Leafs with 21 points, while the men fell in a blowout loss, 91-54. And don't miss GC basketball action this Wednesday at Fight Together Night, a cancer awareness event that goes on during Goshen College's basketball matchup with Grace College. That's going to do it for your Maple Leaf Minute. Tune in next week for more Goshen College Athletics. Thank you, Dante, for that update. Um, yeah, positive. Positive vibes coming from the Maple Leafs. Tony, that's it's a nice, pleasant change of pace from recent weeks when it's just been basketball and they've both been struggling. Yeah, I'm. I was struck going through the conference standings this week. Both basketball teams still mathematically have paths to the conference tournament. The men have pretty much entirely eliminated their margin for error, but there still exists a path. I mean, it's kind of convoluted, and I won't take the time to go through it. Mm. But the women, as long as... So the women play Grace on the road tomorrow night. Wednesday. Um, That is, yeah, Wednesday night. That is going to be... That was a 17-point Grace win when they played at Goshen earlier this year, and now it's at Grace. Um, But Huntington is... I'm sorry... Yeah, it is Huntington uh, is also not favored in their game Wednesday night. So, um, but the thing is, once we get through Wednesday, uh, there are three games left really that affect whether the women make the conference tournament, and they're all winnable in terms of the computer rankings have a forty percent of better chance of happening. What Goshen needs to have happen. Okay. Um, so again, margin for error not not really there. You kind of everything has to fall right, but I think it's doable. And then. The track people are running really fast, and they're doing it in circles. Yes. Men's and volleyball. They're doing it as a team as yes. well. Um, the both 4 by 8 relay teams qualify for the NAI national meet. Um, yeah. The women's team, Summer Cooper, Mia Wellington, Brittany Ortega, Stephanie Claudio. A lot of local names there. Yep. Uh, men's team, Jordan Garlinger, Drew Hogan, Anthony Roberts, Kevin Liddell. Couple local names there, right? And one, I mean, in Liddell, who's not technically who's from South Bend, not your coverage area, but not real far away either. That counts. We'll count that. Yeah, Garlinger is from Ohio, correct? Uh, I think he is from like De- Decatur, Indiana, or something oh. like that. So I'm sorry, it's, Jordan. I mean, I still, still regional, but not still regional, still definitely in the state, but not local in quite the same way. Yeah, and then also um, Ishmael 
Ben Bangura? Bangura? He's not local. He's from Sierra Leone, but he's yeah. really good at volleyball. Uh, 42 total kills across seven sets against St. Mary of the Woods College. Do you know why they're called the Pomeroys? Yes. I had to look that up. Yes, it was... Uh, that was they were named for uh, one of the one of the pioneers of their athletic program. Saint Mary, named, right? Literally, Saint Mary's last name was Pomeroy. Yes, and that's why they went with Pomeroy's. And I don't know if Goshen had gone that route, they might be the Gingriches or the Gundans. The Gundans. Yes, certainly for the women's teams would be the right. Gundans, and the men's would be the Gingriches. Probably. I mean, they named the building after Roman Gingrich. He was was that's fairly true. prominent in. Uh, in getting getting Maple Leaf Athletics off the ground back in the fifties, yeah. uh, I just like that Ishmael's last name has the word "bang" at the beginning of it, and that's kind of the sound the ball makes when he hits it. Yes, Bangura was the Wolverine Hoosier Athletic Conference Attacker of the Week. The whack, which is also the sound that the ball makes when you yes. hit it. So they get a tough test Tuesday night. Indiana Tech. Coming to town tonight. Yeah, that, Number seven in the country, I believe. Right. No, that's still the preseason ranking. Indiana Tech, right. just two and four this season. But they also went out and loaded up on the strength of schedule in their first right. half dozen matches. Um, that I mean, St. Mary of the Woods is a first-year program. They've definitely got some people on their roster that are going to be legitimate college volleyball players. They're just not real deep. Um, and I think Goshen's got to tighten th- some things up from where they were this weekend uh, if they want to make a run at Indiana Tech. But again, stranger things have happened. Yeah. Um, and then let's see. Oh, Goshen's at Calumet, who's receiving votes in the national poll. Uh, that's on Saturday. That was a makeup game because they were they were both supposed to be in a tournament that got canceled because yeah. There's a lot of moving parts in a men's volleyball schedule, especially in this region of the country, because so many teams are sharing facilities with basketball, and basketball is kind of the be-all, end-all in the Midwest. Yes, and when you're a newer sport like men's volleyball, you're not going to get the precedent right, or the preference, right. I should say. Um, um, and baseball also played, I guess. This yeah, that was baseball played. At the- Colonel Sanders Field, which you made sure to mention in every social media post. Yes, Colonel Sanders Field. It is the Union Kentucky is in Barberville, which is about fifteen minutes fifteen minutes from Colonel Sanders's original restaurant in Corbin, and he is a local celebrity down there, which I suppose makes sense because, well, when you get the chance to talk, I mean, I think it started as we have this really good local restaurant, and then it became a national thing, um, and so their field. That's how it always works. I think like McDonald's was like that too. Yeah, that's true, um, but no, that was. Uh, that was I, I said going into that weekend that that's a, a first weekend of the season matchup between two teams that won 10 and 11 games last year and something strange is going to happen. I just don't know what kind of strange it's going to be. Mm. Um, also, wanna, this is not this is going back to basketball, but uh, just announced that uh, tomorrow night, Goshen-Grace matchup. Men are at Goshen, women are at Grace. Thank you for mentioning this. And uh, it's the 141st meeting between the Goshen and Grace men's basketball teams, which is the most Goshen's ever played anybody. And they are, uh, you may have heard that Grace freshman Hagen Nepp was diagnosed this fall with a rare form of appendiceal cancer, which I didn't know you could get cancer in your appendix. So I that's probably either. not a good thing yeah. uh, from a health perspective. And so if you're going to either game, um, they're encouraging you to basically find the color of whatever cancer you want to raise awareness for. I'm going to pick colon cancer because it's dark blue and I've got some dark blue stuff in my wardrobe. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's that's been a thing. 
uh, and you know, pick your your cancer to raise awareness for, and rate, wear that color, and and let's see how many different colors we can get in games that they always draw well because it's the third shortest travel distance between a pair of schools in the Crossroads League. Um, and let's hope we see some good basketball. But uh, I don't know. Grace's men are loaded. They're pretty good. They are really, really good. Um, it's a great cause, though. Obviously, yes. You know, um, I mean. This is the epitome of we are rivals on the court, but nobody deserve. But we are all also all rival on the same team and being rivals of cancer. Yeah, yeah. So um, it's going to be really hard to pivot to the Super Bowl now after that. But yeah, here we go. Uh, Super Bowl Fifty Seven Eagles and Chiefs. Um, any predictions? My first thought was I think I just think the. Chiefs have too much firepower for the Eagles to get through. The other thing is it's Super Bowl 57, and Patrick Mahomes is a huge ketchup fan. Although I think he's got the endorsement deal with Hunts, which would kind of eliminate the Heinz 57 tie-in. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I just... I feel bad because, I mean, I do know a decent number of Eagles fans in the area. They had this whole huge meetup at Southside Soda Shop I, on Saturday. Yeah, I know. Jason Samuel is going to be very upset at you for picking. Oh, Jason's been upset at me before for a wide variety of reasons, not the least of which involved not showing up to class. Um, mm. But um, Jason's also been around the sports block enough to know that, I mean, sometimes you got to Sometimes you got to throw the records out the window and, and roll the balls out and see what happens. Footballs don't roll real well. Um, yeah. But, yeah. I mean, it, one thing I do not think we're in for is a repeat of that Seahawks-Broncos Super Bowl of I about right. 10 years ago where the snap sailed over, was it? Peyton what, Manning. The snap sailed over his head in the first quarter, and it was like I spent the second half of that game at Walmart because I'm like, this game is over. There's nobody at Walmart. I'm going to go shopping and get that taken care of. Yeah. And I don't think that's happening here. We, uh... As freshmen in college, and we decided we were going to go buy 500 wings from B-Dubs for that Super Bowl. Because we were doing like a, I was a, I was our dorm president, so I had the control of like the money, and we thought it'd be fun to do a Super Bowl party. How many wings did you actually eat? We, we bought all 500, and we ate all 500. There was like 20, 30 people, you know, down there eating the, the wings, um, but we watched the entire first quarter of that game at the B-dubs. And then by the time we got the wings back to the dorm, it was like, you know, blowout city. So 46 to 8? 46 to 8. 43-8. 43-8, okay. Yeah. So that's what I remember from that Super Bowl. Because I stood in B-dubs. Because I, I thought we could order them in advance and they could just make them and then keep them warm. But no, B-dubs is big about making the wings fresh. And so 500 wings... Didn't get ordered really, you know, until we got there. Even though we called it in, you know, a day or two in advance. I mean, that's the biggest Tough. day of the year for for the B Dubs chicken wing kind of industry. I know, I know. And so, I don't know what number. Probably number two is somewhere in the first weekend of March Madness. Yeah, it's probably probably up there. So that was not a great um, experience. I'm just thinking, I. Well, I wouldn't want to be in charge of cleaning the restrooms on a freshman dorm floor anyway, but especially not after there were 500 wings involved. Yeah. Um, So that's the Super Bowl. (laughs) I guess I'll take the Eagles. I I just want to go on the record and say I like Jason Samuel more than you now because of that. So, you know. Jason's got more awards to his name, and he's got the key to the city, and I don't. Yeah. We have a couple people in this office that have keys to the city now, too. Yes. Sheila got one. 
Yeah. Our editor, good for her. Thirty years at Goshen. I was going to say Sheila's been Sheila's been doing good journalism work longer in, than I've been alive in Goshen for a long time. So, um, anything else from the weekend? Notre Dame women's basketball lost to Duke. That was a tough game for them. Um, they're dealing with a couple injuries. Obviously, yeah. Dare Dare Mabry's out for the year with an ACL. Uh, Lauren Ebo has an undiagnosed leg injury. They just haven't. They're calling it a lower body injury, like it's hockey. And she hasn't played the last three games, so they're playing this. True, I have a, literally a true freshman, as in she came in midway through the season. Cassandra or Cassandre Prosper. She has to play big minutes down the stretch, and she she just seemed a little like the moment was a little too much for her. Which, in yeah. her defense, she was playing high school basketball literally six weeks ago. Right. Well, she'll she'll have to live long and prosper. Yes. Uh, for thank for you. Notre Dame, but she that's, was not she was not prospering from the field. Right. No, but losing the Duke is not – that's not something you're going to circle on your calendar and say this was a bad loss. It's not, say, losing to Eastern Illinois at home right. as somebody in the Big Ten did on the men's side in December. Um, but it's a missed opportunity for sure. But the other reality is that so much of how your season is remembered is what you're doing in March, and it is not March yet. Yeah. Um, Notre Dame should still be fine, but – they're going to flirt with maybe losing hosting first round, you know, ability here. If they, if it kind of gets a little weary, um, they still have good wins. Still have that win over UConn. They beat yeah. Virginia Tech. Um, their losses are good losses. They haven't had a bad loss. I mean, their losses are Maryland, Duke, North Carolina, and NC State, who are all good a- ACC or Maryland Big Ten team. Like, so it's not like they've lost anyone bad and they've taken care of business when they need to and, they got a couple big ones with Louisville upcoming um, in the final few weeks here. Try to get those two wins and, and put yourself in position to be a top four seed and, and host the NCAA tournament first round, first and second round. Right, and I think they're still on. Right now, I think they're still on the right side of that boundary. Yes. Yeah, they I just they don't have too. a whole lot of wiggle room to it to, until you get. Where is the ACC tournament this year? Uh, Greensboro, of course. Green. I was my. It was going to be my guess because it seems like it's in Greensboro. It seems like it's in Greensboro about seventy five percent of the time. Probably. Um, but you know, if you get to Greensboro and you're losing those last couple of rounds there, that's a different story. But I don't think they have a whole lot of flexibility left in the regular season. Right. Um. um and yeah, we say top, um a lot. Top ten showdown at Assembly Hall Thursday night, right? Women, IU, IU against Iowa. Iowa, big game. Indiana, number two, highest ranking. In poll history for Indiana women's basketball. So we've got the Indiana women at number two and the Purdue men at number one. Yes, not That's bad. Pretty good. Pretty in, shout out the Hoosier State. Hoosier hysteria is back. The Hoosiers beat Purdue. The yes, men they, they and, dropped, the, and the women beat right, Purdue too. But. Right. Yeah. The women's game was nineteen to two in the third quarter. Not not mm-hmm. super close by any stretch of the imagination. The men's game much closer. But IU, Purdue hasn't given up more than 70 points a game going into that, and IU dropped 50 on him in the first half. Yeah. Um, I felt like IU was going to be ready for that game. I know they lost to, um, what did they lose to earlier in the week? Maryland. Yes. Maryland. And that was kind of, took the wind out of the sails a little bit, but they were going to be up for Purdue, especially at home. Um, Trace Jackson Davis played well. Zach Eady was still amazing. Great game between two of the best teams not only in the Big Ten, but probably two of the best teams in the country. Obviously, Purdue number one in the country. Um, so, yeah, they – that's a – um, you know, the, 
fine. Purdue, if you're a Purdue fan, yeah, you don't like losing to IU, but all things considered, they were down 15 and a half, only lost by five. Like, you'll kind of take that in a sense. It was a good second half effort. In the first half, not so much. You didn't get blown out, yes. which is good. That's the sort of game you say that if, you know, if we run into each other in the conference tournament, Purdue feels better about its chances. Oh, yeah. And uh, you you got to think Purdue's going to win the rematch in West Lafayette in a couple yeah. weeks. Okay. So, um, um, yeah. Are you an IU guy or a Purdue guy? Neither. Neither? Notre Dame? Nope. Goshen College? Well, oh, yeah, yes. You're Iowa. You're Iowa. Yes. Sorry. Yeah, that's why I knew about losing at home to Eastern Illinois. Because mm-hmm. they did that. I forgot you were your, your Iowa roots. Yes, but that's... Uh, we all have our faults, so... You says the guy who grew up in Illinois and then went to Mizzou. Yeah, I just said we all have our faults. Yes. That, that, I'm part of that list, so... Depends what I sport am, we're we, talking about. <laughs> yes, I am... The ceiling is the roof. Yes, that's that's pretty much what... Yeah. Mizzou basketball, they're, they're hanging on by their butts to make the tournament at this point. Is, uh, so is we'll the Daytona 500 this weekend or next weekend? Huh? Is the Daytona 500 this weekend or next weekend? It's next weekend. It's next because, weekend after the Super Bowl. Right. They, they don't do it Super Bowl. That would be a bad idea going up against the Super Bowl. Not that not that we haven't seen bad ideas happen before. I think the, the clash at the Coliseum is going to head that route if they try to do it too many more times without figuring something else out. Notre Dame... Women's basketball plays at 4 p.m. Sunday. That's a bad idea. That Yeah, I was just looking. In fact, uh, Iowa's got dueling top 10 road games this Thursday. The men play Purdue. The women play Indiana. They're starting half an hour apart. That's smart. Really smart. Great scheduling, everyone. Kevin um, Warren, everybody. <laughs> Bears president Kevin Warren, everybody. Um. All right, and at least I mean, at least when the Big Ten does things, they can't blame it on having a hundred-year-old owner that's kind of out of touch. Kind of. Um, I was trying to be generous. Yes. All right, that'll be this week's edition of the Goshen News Sports Podcast. Thank you, Tony, for coming on. Always appreciate it. Um, We talked a lot. We gave a lot of opinions on things. I'm sure Bolton board material for some. So there you go. Um, We'll be back next week. Girls basketball regional recap, swimming recap state recap um wrestling semi-state boys basketball will have some the end of the nlc season um even though it's already clinched for northwood um any obviously the big west oval northwood battle and we'll have plenty to dissect um well so yeah tune in next week for all that and then some